it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is in the game now, running back. They fake to him. Mahomes throws right side. Top Rice at the five at England right. Touchdown! Kansas City rookie Rusty Rice, his first postseason touchdown. Here's the snap. Jordan Love looks downfield, throws off the back foot to the end zone. Yeah, the touchdown. Yes. Touchdown. Tavian Wicks on the post, and the Packers lead it 20 to nothing. Kicking off hour number three here on Hurt Out Sports Radio on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, and for this third hour, we are on KFOR in Lincoln as well. We are brought to you by our friends at Dyer Law. I know it's been crazy out there on the roads the last few days. If you've been hurt in a personal injury accident, you can count on the Dyer Law team to provide you with a helping hand when you need it, no matter what you're dealing with. Call the Dyer Law team at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law to chat with trusted professionals about your personal injury claim. That's D-Y-E-R dot Law. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Jason Cole. He's an author and a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. Jason, how are you this morning? I'm great. What's going on? Good morning, man. Not too much. You know, just talking about all these possible NFL head coaching scenarios. But before we ask you some questions about that, want to get to the actual games that we saw over the weekend. Uh, the Probably, I don't know what the biggest surprise is, but one of the ones that I was probably most surprised by was that Texans-Browns game, just the way it went down. How impressed have you been with the combination of C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans in their first years in Houston, turning around what looked like one of the worst franchises in football the last few years, and all of a sudden they're in the divisional round of the playoffs? Well, they didn't look like one of the worst franchises in the league. They were one of the worst <laughs> franchises in the league. So, Fair. That's, that's back. Um, look, C.J. Stroud has um, done 
everything and more than you could ever ask of a rookie quarterback, especially for a guy who most people thought was going to take some developmental time um, coming out of that Ohio State offense, and you know, which has not produced a, a litany of great quarterbacks. And based on you know um, some of the aptitude tests that he did that said that he wasn't a great processor, he's been a phenomenal processor. Bobby Slowick Jr., the, the offensive coordinator, has done an amazing job with him as well. D'Amico Ryans has been fantastic in, you know, you know D'Amico's part of this is really getting the defense up into a position where you're not asking Stroud to play from behind a lot, mm-hmm. right? So uh, the key, I thought, is, yeah, the, the Houston offense was great on on Saturday, especially against a really good Cleveland defense that just didn't perform the way I thought it was going to perform. Um, but a shutdown, a pretty good shutdown defense as well for the Texans that doesn't ask too much of Stroud as well. And Will Anderson, the other first-round pick, mm-hmm. has been terrific in the second half of the season. I mean, that, that's been overshadowed by Stroud, who's obviously the rookie of the year on offense. But Will Anderson's been terrific. You know, just where... Everything that happened, um, you know, in the first half for Jalen um, Jalen Carter in Philadelphia, where everybody was talking about him as the defensive rookie of the year, it flipped, and it's Will Anderson in the second half of the season. Jason, uh, moving over to the game last night, or, or I should say yesterday afternoon ish, maybe maybe borderline evening. Uh, what do you do if you're Dallas? You can't keep McCarthy or Dak, right? You have no choice on Dak. You have to keep Dak. It's probably going to cost you fifty million dollars a year. Would you really? You have a ready-made team. Um, do you want to go in the draft trying to find a quarterback? Hmm. Um, do you want? I mean, who's the best quarterback who's available in free agency? Is Kirk Cousins? Is Kirk Cousins better than Dak? A, a is he just better than Dak? And B is it going to cost any less? And the and, and the answer is no and no. Um, you know, like I, I don't blame Dak. I mean, Dak was bad yesterday. Uh, there's no question about it. And that the the interception return for a touchdown. I should have tweeted it out. I just like, I was thinking to myself, this is going to happen right now because of the situation with that they're in, where they're trying to hustle the ball downfield, mm-hmm. and Green 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 Bay is going to be playing zone and reading Dak, and this is where he makes fundamental mistakes, and he did right. Right there, and that—that's along with two other big mistakes they made. The first interception, um, but look, as bad as Dak is, going and finding another answer is not easy to do. So I think you have to stick with him, and I really do think you stick with McCarthy because he just made Dak into a much better player this season. Yes, they had a horrendously bad game, but. Dak and McCarthy were only part of the problem. They gave up 48. They didn't stop. They didn't stop anybody any time in that game. Mm-hmm. Not one time. Their defense was horrendous in that game. This is a complete failure. Um, but it's not because they have bad people there. It's they need to upgrade their talent. They get pushed around a lot on defense and on offense. They're still not very rugged. I mean, Tony Pollard's okay. He's not great. And McCarthy wants to have a better running back who can you know, be a power guy. This is, this is why I said before the trade deadline, they should be the team that's going and getting Derrick Henry because mm-hmm. they need a hammer in their running game. 
And now it's probably too late, and Derrick Henry is probably too old to make a difference. But that's what they should be looking for in their running game, more power to complement the passing game that they have. I, I don't believe that firing McCarthy is the answer. I just think you end up starting all over again. And ultimately, look, Jerry, Jerry wants a compliant head coach. He wants a guy who's going to agree and let him do it his way. That's not Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's going to tell Jerry, you're going to stop doing the radio show and you're going to stop doing post-game press conferences. <laughs> and, and as soon as Bill says that to Jerry, it's over. The, the interview's done. Uh, we're talking with Jason Cole. He is an author of uh, eight books, and he's a NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. Uh, Jason, you know, you mentioned the the strange dynamic there in Dallas with what Jerry Jones wants out of his head coach, but also the results that he wants on the football field. Is Mike McCarthy the best version of that who can give you in terms of competency as a coach and willingness to let Jerry Jones kind of do what he wants? Yeah, I mean, because Mike wants to be a head coach that badly that he'll let Jerry do whatever he wants him to do. Hmm. Um, or whatever, he'll let Jerry do whatever he wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, a little bit of Jason Garrett with being a better coach than Jason Garrett. But it's at the extreme end, it's not what Bill Parcells would allow. And it's not what Jimmy Johnson would allow. So the two best coaches he's ever hired <laughs> were Jimmy and Bill. Well, you know, he drove Jimmy out after winning two titles because, you know, of jealousy. And Parcells was there to help them pass the legislation that got them the stadium. Like, he was there to, to he was really hired more for political reasons than actually play on the field. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the team got good, Jerry wanted to run the show again. And that's what he did. So he got rid of Parcells, too, and brought in Wade Phillips, who was compliant and did it his way. And so that's what that's what Jerry really wants. Now, he wants guys that he can turn into, you know, the bad guy and, and blame them for things being wrong. Um, and, again, guys like McCarthy and Garrett and Wade Phillips, they do that. They allow Jerry to do what Jerry wants to do. Now, uh, as as you look at, because I'm thinking about, I'm in deep thought about Dak Prescott <laughs> right now as one quarterback who I, who I just don't think is it for a team, but a quarterback that did look like he is it for their team was Jared Goff last night. And, uh, you know, Jason, I wanted to ask you, how impressed have you been with his turnaround after basically being written off by the Rams when that Stafford deal took place? Well, Jared Goff is still the same guy that he was with the Rams. I mean, don't don't get this wrong. Um, he's a play-action quarterback. He requires having a good running game and guys who are dynamic threats so that you, that you get opposing teams to at least step up. You know, not necessarily eight-man boxes all the time because very few defenses do that um, uh, anymore unless they're just getting pounded. But at least force the defense to respect a running game and that allows him again to have some play action it keeps the pocket relatively clean and if you can keep the pocket clean with Jared Goff you have a competitive guy with Stafford you know you don't have to have a clean pocket all the time you see it he can make some different kinds of throws he's a different player than Goff 
But, you know, to focus on Goff, which is who you ask about, on his best days, he's a better derivation of the guys you talk about, Dak and Cousins and Tua and all those guys. And he's a perfect complement to what Detroit wants to do. And, yes, he's capable of taking you to the Super Bowl. He did that with the Rams. He's also the same guy who will have a glitch when he plays like he did with the Rams in the Super Bowl against New England where he had a wide-open touchdown at the front of the end zone. He waited, I don't know, half a second, a quarter of a second because he just wasn't sure and let go of it late. And then by the time the ball got there, it was the back of the end zone. And, you know, McCourty is knocking the ball away. And those are the little fine issues that go between being a champion and being a very good quarterback in this league. Goff is very good. He's not great singularly. We're talking with Jason Cole. You brought up a guy that is interesting to me in Tua and Miami. Um, Obviously, they had some really bright moments this year, uh, but I feel like we also saw some flaws exposed in that team as well. Where does Miami go from here? Again, everybody's looking for a perfect quarterback. They, they They just don't exist very often, right? And so this is why, like, if I was the GM of a team, I'd be constantly drafting quarterbacks and you know, young guys and challenging my number one guy. But, you know, I hopefully have a number one guy who is at least as good as Tua or, again, Goff or Dak or Cousins or any of those guys who at least I have a guy who I think can get me to a Super Bowl if everything else is right. I want the guys who are like Brady who elevate the rest of the team and put me in – and range to, to make to the Super Bowl every year because they are so good and so transcendent. But there's, in the 100 years of the NFL, there's like 20 of those guys. There's not very many, right? So, um, and it just, it's hard to find them, okay? So if you're, if you're, if you're Miami, you may be really disappointed with how you've gone out the last two years. And you may be disappointed with, with Tua's performance in critical moments. And you may say, look, he, you know, his, you know, as soon as things get a little bit, you know, chaotic in the pocket, he, he melts down, which is true. Okay. But just for a second, back up and remember what it was like from the year 2000 to the year 2020. (laughs) And remember how many quarterbacks you went through. And remember how awful that was. When you do that, you'll say, okay, how much do you want, Tua? (laughs) Let's let's get the deal done. Okay? If you remember what it was like to be that bad for that long. So assuming the Dolphins do keep Tua, they keep McDaniel, they keep, you know, the the core of, of kind of what they've got going on, what steps in your mind can they take to elevate Tua instead of asking Tua to elevate the rest of the roster. I know they had a lot of injuries on defense in that game against the Chiefs and with the weather conditions that probably was never going to go their way. But what are some of the things they can do to elevate Tua as a quarterback? Well, I wouldn't put pressure on him by giving him a one-year deal. I wouldn't I wouldn't give him the long-term extension. You know, if I have to, you know, if, if the option, I think it's the option year this year. I'd give him the option and I would 
say, you know, earn it for me. If I have to overpay you in a year, then I overpay you in a year. But mm-hmm. I'm not signing into the, the big long-term deal. Or if I have to, you know, settle on like a four-year Daniel Jones type of deal that's in the low 40s with that's basically a two-year deal, I'll, I'll do that too, right? But I'm not going to... I'm not going to overpay. The other thing I would do is if, if he goes out in the market, I would do the same kind of thing that Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson, which is give you the low tender, which is I get two first-round picks if you sign with somebody else, but go out there and find out what the market's for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll find out that the probably the market is not as good as you think, A. And B, you're not going to have Mike McDaniel next to you because Mike McDaniel has rebuilt your career. Mm-hmm. If two or if Tua is smart, he'll look at this and say, I was nowhere for the first you know, two years of my career under Brian Flores. I've now had Mike McDaniel, and I'm, I'm leading the league in passing yards, and I'm making progress. And I've gone from a quarterback who thinks way too much to one who thinks too much some of the time in, a, you know, in erratic moments. And... Like that's a huge improvement, and so I, I, there's there's a little psychological game. It's not it's not roster design. It's not you know they've got a good roster. They've got good players. Mm-hmm. If they had been healthy, they would have you know had a chance to win the division. You know by beating Buffalo and you know hosting a playoff game and probably winning a playoff game. But because they those things fell apart, um, you know everybody's now you know dogging dogging Tua and worried about what are the big fixes. It's not personnel. It's it's state of mind with Tua for me. Jason, if the Eagles lose tonight to the Bucks, how hot does the seat become for Nick Sirianni, seeing as he would have lost six of seven down the stretch? Well, I think there's major concerns. I don't think you're changing coaches out. I think there's major concerns on that, on, okay, how do we upgrade the work we've done at the two coordinator spots after we lost the two coordinator spots and how did Nick seemingly lose the team um, and lose focus, especially after that, the San Francisco game. I think if you go back to that Mm -hmm. one where they just got hammered at home, Mm -hmm. that was like, they got exposed and all of a sudden that team was lost every little bit of confidence that it had and things rolled down hill and it was surprising because philly before that for the first 11 games of the season they didn't play that great but they were bullies they would get in games and just bully people that's not really working right now um they have to progress again it's a coordinator issue combined with is Sirianni, I guess the question for Siri, you know, I would have for Sirianni is, do you have a long-term plan on how your team is going to evolve? Or are you just going to come out and, you know, mug for the camera like the way you did in the NFC Championship game and act like you're the baddest man on the planet? Um, because that's just an act. We all know you're just a football coach. <laughs> and what you really need to do is, teach guys how to play situational football. Yes, fo- football is a bully game, okay? It's a tough guy game, and you have to have some of that, but you also have to combine it with a thinking man sport because it is a thinking man sport. You have to have the two that work in unison. You have to be tough, and you have to be smart.
Jason, in the other game this afternoon, Bills and Steelers, how important is it for the Bills to not just advance but kind of have a good showing in the playoffs this year considering what the expectations were and how well they've played down the stretch? Well, I mean, this is a team that's wasted the, last, the previous couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. And, and some of it's not really their fault. Um, you know, like they got two years ago, they get jobbed in the game against against Kansas City, you know, because of the overtime rules. Last year, um, you know, the tragedy of the DeMar Hamlin situation, you know, that stuff gets inside the head of players. Yeah. And I think that those guys were were, you know, spooked for lack of a better, you know, better word, okay, um, by what they had seen and distracted from. And and I I don't want to say that football's more important, okay? Let's, let's not get this wrong, okay? But football players have a real problem when they have to face the reality that they're just human beings. Mm-hmm. That they're not supermen, okay, and that that moment um, told them that they were not the supermen that they think that they are, and I think that that affected their psyche the rest of the season and got them got and lost it for them. And this year they have just gone bounced back and forth, and I think that Josh Allen has tried to be Superman too many times this season, and he doesn't know how to dial it back, and he doesn't know how to get it under control. And as a result, he's got, was it 19 interceptions, five fumbles? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's ugly sometimes with, with Josh Allen. And it's also a lot of the time just incredible because he is so great as a player. But you got to stop giving the other team the ball. I, you know, like I, I heard an inter- interview with Damian Woody last week where he's like, you know, and I'm not going to include the curse words. So you got <laughs> I was like, dude, you gotta stop giving the other team the effing ball, right? Like that it's that simple, right? It you know, the defense when the defense sees you throw another interception, especially deep in your own territory, you know the mentality, you know, the effect that has on the mentality of your defense. Those guys get pissed off. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, hey, we wanna just sit here on the bench for a little while and chill <laughs> and relax a little bit. And you're like you're giving them the ball right back. Like, dude, stop being a sur- superhero. You know, try, stop trying to do that. Make the normal plays. And the the one overwhelming stat that Josh Allen should look at at the end of the season, depending on when it, when it happens, even if they win the Super Bowl, because they're capable of winning the Super Bowl, but even if they do, in the three games where he did not throw an interception this year, they beat Miami, Dallas, and one other non-contender, non-playoff team. But they beat two playoff teams and another team. They beat him by a combined score of 117 to 30. <laughs> In other words, if you just play clean, your team is so dominant that there's no problem. There's no problem. Just just don't don't give the other team a lot of chances. Don't dishearten your defense by asking them to be on the field all the time. So I'm a big believer in Buffalo. But I see the fatal flaw, and the fatal flaw is that Josh Allen tries to do too much. Jason, got about a minute here. If there was, because you you mentioned capability to win the Super Bowl, if there was one team, not a current one seed, to win the Super Bowl this year, who is the one you say is most dangerous to watch out for? 
Well, it's Kansas City, um, which probably plays well for you guys. Um, <laughs> because they've done it, right? They know how to do it. And, and look, for, for all the complaining that we did about them during the season and how bad they were playing, it's like if you just catch the ball, you'd won, what, three more games? Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Right, like just catch the ball. I'm not asking you to like do different routes or design, you know, design new offense or come up with this or do that or you know like do some complicated maneuvering. Catch the freaking ball. <laughs> That's all you've got to do. Just catch the ball, right? And and I know it's easier said than done, but it's a normal act of the game, right? It's like just stop making some boneheaded mistakes, and you'll be fine. That's Jason Cole. He's an author and a Pro Football Hall of Fame selector. Jason, we appreciate your time. As always, we'll catch up again soon. Great stuff, man. Great time. Be good. Thanks, guys. That is Jason Cole. Coming up next here, we're going to play a little game, and uh, we'll call it the War Horse Sportsbook Cleanup. But we're going to play a little game, take a little break here. We're going to clean up our clean up our mentals while we uh, – Yeah, I got I to gotta let go of some of my, uh, my hatred toward NFL people right now. NFL people? Uh-oh. Uh, coming up next, we've got more. Hurt at Sports Radio.